Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part-time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. Hello, Dr. Emmy Hasoda. Hello, how are you doing? I am doing great. I was so blown away by your clubhouse room the other night. It was actually perfect timing because I discovered your room as I was making my vision board for 2022. And it like perfectly coincided after your room ended, my vision board was complete. And I'm like, oh my God, this Dr. Emmy is like someone that I meant to connect with because our timing is perfectly in sync. So it's so exciting to have you on my show. Same here. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Let me tell my audience a little bit about you. So Dr. Emmy specializes in helping patients lose fat while they become more youthful, vibrant, and toned. Hello. That's what we all want. She is an eternal medicine board certified doctor with a focus on holistic and functional medicine. She has expertise in nutrigenomics. Am I saying it right? That's correct. Nutrigenomics. The science of how your genes affect your health. And she was also voted one of Seattle's best doctors. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm just going to jump right into the first question. Well, first of all, actually, before I get into my first question, I want to hear a little bit about your story because I know you mentioned in the clubhouse room that you were overweight and you had to go on your own weight loss journey. And I think the best teachers and healers are the people who have actually used their practices to heal themselves. So because you went on a weight loss journey, I'd love to hear about your story, how you got to be overweight, and what what it took from you to lose the weight. Absolutely. Well, that's a great question, Rebecca. So I was actually overweight for most of my life. I was just one of those kids. I was really chubby. 
I was mostly a chubby teenager. Uh, I lost some weight like around 16 for a little while, but it was very short lived. And then in college, I lost weight again because I was really active and I was like teaching aerobics and belly dancing. But then, of course, in medical school, you don't get to do that. So I blew up again. So I just was a yo-yo person in my entire life. Um, but I was always, you know, in my teens and 20s, like if I worked really hard, I could lose the weight. And then, of course, it would come back. Well, in my 30s, it just ended up that I couldn't. I mean, I'd had my two kids. I had this really high-pressure job where I was basically, um, you know, one of the only doctors in my town that really knew a lot about critical care. I was hired to work at this hospital. I could get called in 24-7 if somebody really critical came in. You know, even in my kid's birthday party, I mean, they would call me and say, we have somebody, you know, who's on the ventilator now, and you've got to come in and manage them. So I really had no personal time. I had these two little kids. Uh, my youngest was on the autism spectrum. And so that was very challenging. But he was actually the reason that I started to learn about holistic health, because of course, there was not a whole lot to help him in, you know, the regular medical community. I mean, we were offered some medications to calm him down. But, you know, when I asked the doctor, is this really going to change his neurological, you know, outlook? Is it going to make him better? He was like, no, we'll just calm him down. And I was like, well, I'm not happy with that answer. I'm going to keep looking. And at that time, I put him on what's called the Defeat Autism Now diet, which is a diet that takes you off gluten, dairy, sugar, artificial color and flavor, um, really most processed foods. And so he was six years old, and I basically changed his diet. I think that's about the last time you can change a kid's diet, probably <laughs> is when they're six, when you have control. And I started him on some supplements, and lo and behold, you know, he got a lot better. I mean, now he's just so high-functioning, and he's in college. So that was really my introduction to how the power of really diet and specific information could work. Um, and then, you know, but I still was overweight myself. I mean, I was eating like a vegan diet, 1200 calories a day. We have a little mountain in our town, I would go up the mountain three or four times a week, but it just was not budging my weight. And I mean, I'm a doctor, you would think I would know what to do. But right. really, you don't really learn this information in medical school. You know, most doctors just tell you to eat less and exercise more. But I know a lot of women who do that around their 30s and up, and it really does not work for them. And there's reasons for that. Um, and so then, you know, for me, I mean, it did help, up, help a lot of my gut issues to go on this diet with my son, but it didn't really budge my weight so much. Um, and then, lo and behold, I had a friend who's an orthopedic surgeon, and he um, actually started to have a weight loss class to try to get his patients to lose weight before surgery because, you know, for every pound that you have on your knees, it's actually four pounds of pressure. And so he knew that if he could get people to even lose 10 or 20 pounds, his outcomes in surgery would be so much better. And uh, he was actually a holistic health doctor also, even though he was an orthopedic surgeon, he was holistic health at heart. And he actually was the one who recommended one of the supplements that really helped my son uh, high dose antioxidant supplements. So I was like, well, I, I'll take his class. I mean, he seems to really know his natural health stuff. So I went and that was the first time that I actually got put on a supplement that managed my insulin resistance. And it was the first time in my life that I could say no to cravings. I mean, before that, you know, you're in the sick care system, drug reps come by your, drug reps come by your office, they'll bring you like donuts and, you know, candy and stuff. And, and sure, sure enough, I mean, I would eat one of those donuts, you know, even though I was trying to lose weight and I was mostly on this vegan diet. And so for the first time when I went on this supplement and my insulin levels came under control because insulin is this hormone that people think of as something that's going to just change your blood sugar, but actually insulin controls fat. And a lot of people don't know that. Uh -huh. So 
when your insulin levels supplement sorry to interrupt but i gotta know the supplement that that regulated your insulin so at that time it was a supplement called cla and it was a good supplement for my early 30s it wasn't equal to me when i went through perimenopause but it was uh through a company called nutrimetrics which actually made the supplement that helped my son also um and so you know that supplement really helped uh because for the first time my cravings got under good control yeah. Um, and I was just able to say no. And that's why, you know, I kind of want to take this whole blame game off of weight loss. That's really one of my missions, because I think people who don't lose weight think they're a failure. I mean, I remember a patient telling me, well, you're hounding me about my, uh, you know, foods when I'm a diabetic. But look, you know, you're so overweight. I mean, I weighed 235 pounds on a five wow. foot five frame. Wow. So, you know, but people feel like a failure. And I felt like a failure because I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, she's right. I mean, I can't lose this weight either. But that really started me looking and looking for what I could do to lose weight. But a lot of these things kind of fell on my lap. So one was, you know, the supplement that made me think, wow, you know, you can really lower the hill for somebody when they have temptations, if you can actually balance their hormones, you know. And so then when I learned functional medicine, I learned a lot more about hormone balance. I also learned a lot about the fact that, for instance, a lot of people have underdiagnosed thyroid disease. You know, they have autoimmune thyroid disease and their thyroid isn't working well, but nobody really diagnoses that or tests for it. So learning about functional medicine, I tested myself and sure enough, I had autoimmune thyroid thyroid disease. Um, And then what happened was my dad actually had a heart attack in his in his 60s. But my dad is one of those people he's like in his 80s now and still working. And he's an engineer, he's very analytical. And um, at the time that he had his heart attack, he um, was not overweight, his blood pressure had been controlled on one medicine for 15 years. Um, his cholesterol looked picture perfect on no medicines. I mean, literally where you want someone's cholesterol to be, uh, who has heart disease, he was already there. Um, you know, and he just was like, and his mom had had a heart attack, but she was 94 when it happened. (laughs) So, you know, his dad had early, you know, vascular disease, but he was a smoker. My dad was a non-smoker. So he asked the cardiologist, why did I have this heart attack? And the cardiologist said, well, because you're old, you know. And my dad didn't accept that answer. He was like, well, a lot of people are old and don't have heart attacks. My mom didn't have one until her 90s. She's a non-smoker in my family. So why did I have it in my 60s? And at that time, um, I was working with a company that actually had one of the first nutrigenomics tests. It was called GeneSNP. And I told my dad, well, you know, we don't have a real answer to why you had this heart attack. Why don't we test you? And it turned out that he had a mutation called MTRR, which has to do with the way that your body processes B vitamins. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have, if you have this mutation, um, it's known to increase cardiovascular risk. So, you know, this was really his reason. And, and he also had an elevated something called a CRP, which was inflammation in his vessels. And that was the reason he'd had his heart attack, but it wasn't something that was normally tested for. And so, uh, you know, my dad has not had a repeat heart attack. The one stent he had has stayed open for 20 years, which usually doesn't happen. But it's because we, re- we were able to get to this personal reason why he'd had this heart attack and personally correct his issues. And that's where I really started thinking about, you know, we really need to do this for weight loss. People keep blaming themselves, keep thinking that they're the failure, but they just haven't gotten the right information. And as I lost 100 pounds correcting my... Um, you know, thyroid and my B vitamins, you know, I, I really started, uh, started thinking about that. Now, my story is a little more complicated because I lost like 85 pounds first down to about 150. 
And then I started a job as a night hospitalist and I went through perimenopause. And most of that weight actually came back. I came all the way up to 195 again. I never broke 200 again on the CLA that I had started and, you know, correcting these things. But I still was not at my ideal weight. Well, that's when I really started thinking about what happens to women in perimenopause. And 85% of us over the age of 35 and, well, 65% of us over the age of 35 and 85% of us over the age of 40 become really resistant to insulin. So our body stops listening to insulin and it spikes insulin all the time trying to get our blood sugars down. Uh, and it takes more and more insulin to take our blood sugars down. That's why people actually become diabetic in the middle age also often, type 2 diabetics. And our brain stops listening to the hormone signal for leptin. Leptin is a hormone that's made in fat that tells your brain to stop eating and to burn fat. Mm. And we stop listening to that signal a lot of times as we go through the middle age because of changes that happen in our adrenal glands and cortisol can actually interfere with leptin. And we just don't, you know, uh, our brain stops listening to the signal as our hormones change and all that. And that's when I actually designed my own supplement that addressed both insulin resistance in a more profound way than the supplements that were out there. And then a supplement that addressed leptin resistance because there aren't very many of them that actually do that. There's very few out there that actually address leptin. So that's actually where I then was able to lose back from 195 down to 135 and keep it off, you know, for the last two and a half years or so. And since then, I've worked with a lot of people who are in the same boat as me where, you know, they've tried everything, all the one size fits all weight loss systems out there, and they've kind of failed. I mean, they've tried exercise, you know, they're killing themselves on these low calorie diets, they're intermittent fasting. But it turns out that, you know, your genetics really determine which of these strategies are going to work well for you. Like, for instance, intermittent fasting doesn't work well for people with certain genetics, or they have to be more careful with it. So um, that's... I think the whole um, trend of skipping breakfast and having fat in your coffee, it actually blew up my gallbladder. So... Yeah, having all that fat um, does not work for everyone. Like not everybody needs ketosis to lose weight. There's there's different different ways to lose weight for for every different body type and for every different person. Correct. And ketosis works well for some people, especially short term. But, you know, if you have a family history of gallbladder disease, if you've had inklings of that, if you um, for some people, it really messes up their hormone balance. They need some good carbs to keep their hormone balance going. So, you know, especially for people who have, for instance, a mutation called COMT, carboxymethyltransferase. This is a mutation where um, it is what metabolizes your fight or flight hormones, your epinephrine, your norepinephrine, your cortisol. It's also very important in metabolizing estrogen. So these are some of the people who have the too slow uh, COMT enzymes they have they've inherited two genes that don't metabolize these fight or flight hormones well they don't do super well with intermittent fasting and they may not do very well with ketosis because their body just doesn't handle stress the same way as other people you have to be very mindful with those people of what you're doing with their adrenal glands because you can really mess up their hormone balance trying to get them to be ketogenic so even though ketogenic works super well for some people and it's been you know shown to help some neurologic diseases for instance it's not for everybody. And that's really my message when it comes to weight loss is everyone's weight loss journey is specific and personal to them. Yes. And really you want to test and not guess which your weight loss journey should be if you don't want to suffer through a lot of stuff that's not going to work. So, so what are some of the tests that people should be getting to help them kind of clue into what their weight loss journey should look like? 
So there's a few tests that I do. Um, Kind of as a baseline, I test everyone for hidden thyroid disease. So I do eight thyroid tests, not one. So most people go to their doctor, they get a TSH done, and they're told your thyroid is normal. Well, there's a lot of things along the way besides that TSH that's made in your pituitary. For instance, you could have autoimmune thyroid disease, which means even though your TSH is normal, your thyroid sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. So that's one of the things I test for. You could have low T3. T3 is the active form of thyroid. A lot of women at menopause have a lot of hard t- a hard time taking T4, which is the thyroid that's made in their thyroid gland, to T3, which is the thyroid that their body actually uses. Being high in estrogen, being estrogen dominant, which happens to most of us at menopause and even andropause, <laughs> can be something that makes your T3 low if you have liver disease or if you have issues in your gut microbiome, you can have a harder time making this conversion. So, you know, you could have a TSH that's totally normal, not have autoimmune thyroid disease even, but your T3 is off and then you're not going to lose weight. So that's one of the tests that I do is very detailed thyroid testing. I test for adrenal health. So I test for morning cortisol, called an AM cortisol and a DHEA level. I test for insulin resistance and leptin resistance. I test for whether the mitochondria, the little energy packets in your cell are working well. They make a hormone called adiponectin, which is really key in fat loss. And you wouldn't believe how many people have low adiponectin. And actually, as we get older, our mitochondria can get damaged from free radicals, uh, which happen when we exercise, when we're exposed to any kind of pollution. And so we all have different free radical burdens. But I had a patient in my practice who'd never been overweight. And all of a sudden, she started having weight problems at menopause. Everything else checked out, but her adiponectin level was low. She had had mitochondrial damage just from being a huge exerciser all her life. And when we corrected that, when we gave her supplements to kind of supercharge her energy packets and her cells, her mitochondria and her adiponectin level came up, her weight just fell off. She didn't really have to make any other changes from where she was. So I checked that. Um, I checked her genetics to figure out, you know, are you going to be okay with intermittent fasting? Do you have trouble metabolizing estrogen? Are you prone to autoimmune thyroid disease? Do you have problems with inflammation or your genetics more inflammation-based? Because if you have a lot of inflammation, you're not going to lose weight. Um, I also look for hormone metabolites. So I do a urine test called the Dutch test looking for, you know, are you clearing your estrogen and that sort of thing? What's happening with all the metabolites of hormones in your body? Because a lot of women are even put on hormone replacement therapy, but nobody checks these things downstream to see what's happening to all these hormones that they're taking. So, yeah, so that's, that's, that's like the very baseline. And then for most people, I also do a functional medicine gut test, which looks at their gut barrier, their microbiome balance, whether they have hidden infections, because, you know, the road to good health is paved with good intestines. So really, ah, your intestinal that. health I isn't good. I gotta repeat that. That's a tweetable. The road to good health is paved with Yeah, good. and that's actually, I have to give credit where credit is due. That's from my friend Dee Mason, who's a naturopathic doctor who actually taught me most of what I know about nutrigenomics. So Dr. Dee um, is also on Instagram. Uh, I think hungry to be healthy is her handle. But anyway, that's her quote. Uh, but it's really very true. I mean, in naturopathic and holistic medicine, We really look at intestinal health because that's where your body meets the world. And if your intestinal health isn't good, you know, you're not going to be good. You're not going to absorb your nutrients. You're going to let a lot of stuff out of your gut that should have stayed in your gut and been eliminated. And those things are going to get in your body, including toxins from the bacteria in your gut. So it's really important to have a good intestinal barrier, good intestinal health, not have infections or inflammation in your gut. So that's one of the things that we test How for. How do you test the gut, the microbiome? Does it have to be a fecal test? It is a fecal test. 
Yeah. So how do people do this remotely? You how did so you- we actually send them all the kits. Um, so for instance, uh, our blood testing is done through Boston Heart Lab. So they have phlebotomists all over the country. And I think even all over the world in some places, because they're a, a very well-known lab that does a lot of this testing for cardiometabolic things uh, at a very reasonable cost. So they, um, they have phlebotomists will come to your house uh, and draw all your blood. We send you the urine t- uh, kit for the Dutch. You collect your own urine and send it in. You collect your own saliva for the genetic test and you collect your own stool and send it off for a functional medicine gut testing. So a lot of it's, you know, I mean, 100% of it can be done remotely. So I it's very for the mailman that day. He's like, why does my truck smell so weird? Like, it smells like poo. Did, did somebody fart? Like, like no, we're in mail with uh, fecal matter. Well, it is very well sealed. <laughs> it comes in really well sealed. So the mailman shouldn't notice anything. It should be kind of discreet. Okay, that's good. It's such a small sample and it's well sealed that the mailman doesn't think that somebody farted in his truck. Exactly. Yeah, you, you put everything in these small containers and seal it so it's all yeah. Use your okay. gloves and all that. Yeah. So are most of your patients local or remote these days with the the pandemic? Remote. <laughs> Especially when it comes to weight loss. I mean, that's more of a consultation that I do nationwide. So I don't write for any medicines in my weight loss. And if you do end up needing thyroid, I will if you're outside of the two states where I'm licensed, which is uh, Washington State and Texas, I'll connect with a functional medicine doctor where you are to help me with the thyroid part of it. Everything else we can really manage with supplements. So unless you have thyroid disease that needs medication, and that's rare, because um, even thyroid disease, if it's mild or you know if you have an autoimmune issue going on with your thyroid, many times we can treat that naturally without medication. Um, so in those cases, I mean, we can handle it all with supplements and there's no need, but if you do need a medication, then I will sometimes connect with a functional medicine doc where you are and make sure that you get that if, if that's what you need. But that's really rare. I mean, most everything can be handled naturally. So any of the thyroid meds we use are natural technically. But. Is all thyroid disease Hashimoto's or is that just one kind of thyroid? No. So that's one kind and that's the autoimmune thyroid disease. Uh, that's most common is Hashimoto's, but you know, you could have isolated T3 deficiency. Now isolated T3 deficiency, sometimes we can change that by, you know, basically helping your gut microbiome and getting that corrected and, you know, helping your liver and all of that so that you can convert T4 to T3. Um, but if, if that's not possible, then occasionally we will give someone T3 as we're kind of working on all that so that they don't continue to gain weight, you know? So um, that is a prescription. It's a compounded prescription generally. There is T3 or lyothionine that's by prescription, but I'm not a huge fan of it because the prescription one really releases very quickly. And so for those of us over 40, it can cause a lot of palpitations. Mm-hmm. So with T3, when I use it, I use a compounded form that releases over 24 hours. So it's much, much easier to tolerate. Great. So what are some supplements, just general, like what's your greatest hits of the supplements that have given you the best results with your patients? So my greatest supplement is the one that I designed specifically for those of us over the age of 35, although it does help those who are younger and maybe have a family history of diabetes also who might have insulin resistance. I think I probably had it my whole life. So um, and that supplement is called Youthful Slim. It used to actually be called Insulex Slim on our website, but we've changed it to Youthful Slim just so people really understand what it does more because uh, a lot of people don't know what insulin is. So basically, you know, it's kind of a way of anti-aging your hormones by taking you back to where your insulin and your leptin 
function well. So that's my number one thing to use. That works 85% of the time because 85% of us by the age of 40 have some insulin and leptin resistance. But, you know, if your problem is really more your adrenals or if it's more, you know, your thyroid, then of course we would use different supplements for that. So what are some of your other popular ones? Um, So, you know, um, we have a thyroid support that's very helpful that has um, a little bit of kelp and uh, it has selenium uh, and some of the other things that help support thyroid health. Uh, We have a supplement called Ultimate Cell Energy, which really helps the mitochondria and the adrenals, and it helps with that balance of getting your DHEA up, which we all suffer with as we get over 35 and kind of getting cortisol under control. So those are kind of our top three, I would say, as far as that. And then magnesium would be the last one for sleep. You designed all those supplements? Yes. Wow, that's incredible. And they're all on your website, which will be in the show notes. Okay, so uh, I don't think you gave me your website yet and your bio. So make sure we get it. Yeah, definitely. It's store.dremmy with doctor spelled out dot com. So and then um, to get more information, Instagram is probably the best place to connect with me. And that's doctor.emmy, because that's where I sort of explain everything in little bite sized pieces about kind of all the things we've talked about. And you know, in big picture today, but we kind of break it down on Instagram a little bit. So, yeah. What do you think about um, like weight versus, you know, other ways? Because I feel like it's more body composition than weight. Absolutely. Yeah. You can I mean, we loosely use weight loss, but we should really say fat loss. Yeah, because that's always more than fat and you can actually weigh more than even, you know, they say you should weigh in the insurance and have like very little body uh, fat. So that's a whole paradigm shift. I think that's happening because it's mm-hmm. a whole weight loss in, industry and my weight loss journey. And how do you explain to patients that are obsessed with weight loss that it's not about the scale? I, just what you were saying. I mean, you know, muscle weighs more than fat. Um, yeah. You know, the whole idea of BMI, I mean, a, a lot of people who are aware of the whole body composition know that that's kind of junk science because it was based on like, People in the Scottish army, you know, years ago, it really was never really studied in women at all. This idea of BMI, because you can have heavier bones than other people. You can have more muscle than other people. And so you really shouldn't be obsessed with your weight. You should be obsessed with, you know, your percent body fat. If you're going to be obsessed with anything, with what you look like in clothes, but not really weight. Weight's not kind of the poorest indicator of where you really are. Um, you know, when people are in my office, I mean, you know, we can do body composition and all of that or use fat calipers and all that. But, but uh, you know, remotely, it's a little hard to do that. Although you can learn to do that for yourself. You can, you know, do fat calipers on yourself or teach someone to help you do it. Um, you know, if you're doing that uh, arm. One of my other guests said there's a scale that you can get on Amazon for like 30 bucks that, te- that tells you your body fat percentage, which is pretty scary. Pretty cool. Have you heard about that? Yeah, they do have them. Those are not the most accurate. I mean, there's medical ones that are a lot more accurate, but they cost a lot more than $30. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they use impedance and all that um, in more than one point. Because when you're doing it on the Amazon scale, it's only measuring impedance like through your feet. Um, Whereas, you know, a lot of these other technologies use infrared and other, um, other types of technology that are a little bit more 
um, robust as far as getting that. But yeah, it's, it's a sort of a rough and tumble indicator of maybe where your body fat is, but it's not that accurate. Can so. you test people's metabolic age through all the different tests that you offer? <clears throat> yes, in a way, um, because of, you know, the insulin resistance scores that you get and all that, you can look at that. Yeah. So have you actually, because I know in your bio, you talk about helping people get more youthful, vibrant, and toned. So do you see those aging factors go down as they take your supplements? Most definitely. And most, you know, one of the most important things is like things that change, you know, your destiny from a health standpoint. So there's like, for instance, a measurement called CIMT, which measures like your carotid intimal medial thickness. And a lot of my patients who have gone on these types of supplements and, and most importantly change their diet to an anti-inflammatory diet actually have seen changes in that you know because there are people who are actually even thin but on the inside they have a lot of organ fat they have a lot of you know plaque and so when we lose weight we really don't want to worsen that and so i've seen some weight loss schemes that actually are probably going to contribute to more organ fat more plaque and you know when you eat anti-inflammatory when you take the supplements so for instance lower insulin resistance stop you from spiking cortisol, your chances of, you know, improving your long-term health outcomes actually increase. So that's really the important, important thing about it. So can you share with us, Dr. Emmy, some of the principles of an anti-inflammatory diet? Absolutely. So you want to avoid foods that basically increase inflammation. Refined sugar is a biggie. Refined oil. So most of the oils that people use, like vegetable oil or canola oil, those are really packed with omega-6s, which increase inflammation. So you want to make your diet more rich in omega-3. So, you know, fatty fish, um, walnuts, chia seeds, flax seeds all have a lot of omega-3s. With flax, you want to be really careful, though. You want to actually get flax from a place that sells a lot of it so it's not rancid. Keep it in the fridge grind it right when you're going to eat it. Don't use the oil because the oil gets rancid very quickly. Ooh, uh, but those are places. Because it doesn't say on the flaxseed bag to keep refrigerated. It says store in a cool, dry place. Yeah. Really so, yeah, cool and dry is probably better than hot. <laughs> refrigerated is probably even better. Uh, and then you want to fresh find it and use it. So, you know, a diet rich in omega-3s is really important. Uh, you want to... Um, Probably for most people, be off dairy because uh, dairy is inflammatory for almost everybody. If you come from a big dairy tradition, then if you can get organic grass-fed dairy, then maybe it would be okay. But for most of us, I'd say 99% of us getting off dairy is, is good. Um, getting off grains, especially gluten-containing grains, um, is one of the things that I have people at least do initially. Not everyone has to stay off them forever, but um, basically wheat, barley, rye and then oats people don't consider them having gluten but they actually have gliadin which is very close to gluten and can kind of mimic gluten in the gut so for the most part as people initially lose weight and try to heal their gut i have them get off of those also so and then rice and corn it depends if it depends on how insulin resistant you are so that's an answer that is pretty much dependent on the person i don't make everybody get off of them but uh, a lot of people should, and corn can be pretty inflammatory for a lot of people. It's one of the top five allergens. So that's the other test that I forgot to say that I do. I do food sensitivity testing also. So um, as part of even the basic thing. So that's one of the things. Just, five, just uh, that segues into the next question. What are the top five allergens? 
So if you tested 100 people, 80% of people who had allergies would be allergic to one of five things, which would be gluten, dairy, corn, peanuts, or soy. Those are the top five. So, you know, if you're, if you're a betting person and you aren't going to spend money on testing, then those are, you know, the ones that you want to do. But I have had patients that were allergic to lettuce so, or had sensitivities to lettuce. And I mean, there's a difference between food allergies and food sensitivities also. So food allergies usually manifest right away. They'll give you hives or make you stuffy. You'll know pretty much right away. But food sensitivities work through a different antibody and you can get symptoms hours to days after you eat that food. So a lot of times people don't even know that they ate something like that. What about eggs? Does that go under dairy? I hear a lot of people are allergic to eggs. and Eggs can also be, yeah. Actually, that's arguably with corn, one of the top five. Eggs can be one of the top five. So um, they kind of, corn and eggs go back and forth depending on which, which uh, data sets you're looking at. So eggs can be, yeah. But for people who can tolerate eggs, they can be actually pretty great for weight loss because they're a source of, you know, protein that's pretty lean. Um, but you want to be careful that they're not really increasing inflammation. That's really what the main downside of eggs is for those who are sensitive to them. Um, I know for my husband, it was actually a big cause of migraines. He's a skinny person, but eggs were giving him migraines. So what, how should people eat the eggs? I hear like, if you're going to have them, have them like sunny side up and over easy. That's it. Exactly. Don't overcook them because you can change the fats in them and then they become less good. So what about coffee? Is that inflammatory? Our, our country is so obsessed with coffee. Coffee can be inflammatory. Um, it is inflammatory for a lot of people, and a lot of people are, can't really clear it, depending on what their liver genes for clearance are of you know, the toxins. The way most people drink coffee is definitely inflammatory because coffee can get very rancid. So um, I know for me, I can really tell the difference between, you know, rancid coffee and non-rancid coffee, I immediately get joint pain when I have rancid coffee. So what you want to look for for coffee is you want to get an organic bean that's not over roasted, about a medium roast. And you also want to make sure that it's been, um, you know, roasted within the last couple of weeks so that the oils don't get rancid because you can get the oils become rancid over time and the oils in coffee are what can cause that inflammation, the changes in those oils. You don't want to store coffee in the freezer. You actually want to put in that in a cool, dry place. So get a, you know, I have a basically something to store it in, which takes the air out and keeps it cool and dry. Um, so those are some of the tips. If you are going to drink coffee, don't drink more than a cup a day. For people that have the COMT mutation, uh, they have to be really careful because actually like things like green tea can slow down that enzyme. But if they have this super fast COMT mutation, then they do really well with green tea. So again, a lot of this information that I give people is really based on their particular test because what's, you know, healing for some person, people can be, you know, a poison for others. So it's, we're all so individual and that's what, you know, what makes my program, I think helpful is that it really is tailored to you and, what is going to be helpful to you. So. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. So mm-hmm. what are genetic factors in weight loss? I know you, you study and you're an expert, you train other doctors in the science of nutrigenomics. Are some people just destined to be a little bit overweight? I know there's like, you know, metamorph, endomorph, ectomorph, like not, not everybody is meant to be thin. 
So does nutrigenomics factor into that and counseling patients? It does, but, you know, I have six of the genes that dictate that I should be morbidly obese. And in fact, I was, right? Um, so, you know, I had not only the MTR mutation, but I had um, a um, gene called FTO, which can actually be one of the genes that makes you overweight. Uh, so you have to eat like super low carb, although not, I don't eat keto, but I eat super low carb because of that gene. So the thing about nutrigenomics is it actually gives you those hacks so that you can get people to a healthy body composition. Now, I'm probably never going to be super thin. I have that Mediterranean body type with the, you know, big chest and the big, you know, end and hips and all that. So I'm never going to be, you know, a tall, thin, raily, you know, Kate Moss kind of model. But for me, I'm at the body composition that I want to be at. I like having, you know, kind of that more voluptuous figure. So, um, but it's despite my genetics, I'm what I would consider a normal weight. Five five one thirty five for me is pretty normal. So you know, and I've seen other patients of mine because I do a lot of nutrigenomics testing for health reasons too that have a lot of obesity alleles, and yet the person sitting in front of me is not obese. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because of the way that they've chosen to live their life, uh, and they've happened onto the hacks that really help. <laughs> so. Um, I think everyone can be at a pretty close to ideal body composition, knowing their genetics, because then we know what to do about it. And for every single one of these genes that we test for, there are things you can do. That's the reason we test for them. So there's about 60 genes now that are pretty, um, you know, telling when it comes to when we're working on weight. Um, And for every one of those genes, we have certain hacks that can help you, um, you know, overcome that particular gene if that's what you have and that's the powerful thing about nutrigenomics is it tells you where to concentrate your efforts you know you don't have to do every single thing because for you some of those things aren't going to really be helpful or maybe they'll they'll even be harmful so i asked another functional medicine doctor on this show the balanced beautiful abundant show you go to a 7-eleven or a gas station you're on a road trip you didn't bring any snacks what are some healthy things that you can grab to eat if you're at a 7-Eleven? What would, what would Dr. Emmy eat for herself? Oh, my gosh. I haven't been to a 7-Eleven, so I don't know. Do they have fresh vegetables at a 7-Eleven? No, they don't. They have, you know, nuts and protein bars, and sometimes they have bananas um, and apples. But what would what would you grab if you were on a road trip and you, ha- you were hungry? Like, what would Dr. Emmy grab? I'd probably grab unsweetened tea. Um, That would be one of the things that I would grab. Um, I would grab nuts if they're not roasted in peanut oil. (laughs) Um, Which, you know, strict anti-inflammatory paleo actually takes you off nuts. But I've gone from that kind of to what's called the walls protocol, which is a little bit more liberal. So it'll. If they had an apple, I might grab that. If they had celery sticks or carrots, I would probably grab that. Um, But yeah, most of what's on the shelf at a 7-Eleven, yeah. It's good to plan for your trip. (laughs) Uh, What did the other functional medicine doctors say? What were their ideas? (laughs) She said if she had to get something, she would get an RX bar because there's only like three ingredients in them like dates and I don't know what they are but she said I think it does have egg whites but yeah as long as you don't have an egg problem you could get that if they have it 
Yeah, she said it's like the cleanest bar. And if she had to get something there, she would get an RX bar. So if people are on a tight budget and they can't afford all this extensive testing, are there any like just basic and expensive tests or, you know, is there a quiz? Like what, what can people do? Because the tests that you've laid out are very elaborate and a lot of people don't have, you know, coverage with insurance or they don't have, you know, an extra few hundred dollars to do all the testing. What would you recommend for someone on a budget that wanted to take advantage of some of your principles? Well, I mean, the main things I kind of outline on my Instagram profile, it's the seven um, principles of the youthful slim solution. And a lot of it is testing because really the testing helps so much. And it's a lot like genetic testing is once in your lifetime. Yes, it's a few hundred dollars, but it doesn't change. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, things like making sure you're getting adequate hydration. So a lot of people eat, um, you know, when they actually should be drinking uh, because they're thirsty, they mistake that for hunger. So that's one getting good sleep. So trying to get to bed at the same time every night, respecting yourself enough to get sleep um, is really important. And I know for a lot of us, like I was a night ICU doc, that was not um, possible for me. And I did lose like 65 pounds while still working at a night as a night ICU doc, but I made sure that at the times that I could, I slept and I really took advantage of the times I had to do that to try to, you know, make it as good as I could. So there's a lot of repair that happens in your body while you sleep. And so that's really important. If you're having trouble sleeping, things like magnesium three and eight, that's not so expensive. Mag glycinate and malate is even cheaper. Um, those can help you sleep if you get them from a good third party tested source. Um, and magnesium actually has some data that it helps weight loss because it helps so many functions in our body, like our adrenal health and all of that. So that's one of the, the main supplements that's pretty inexpensive. Um, what about uh, bathing in magnesium flakes? Do you believe in that versus taking the supplement? Um, I think there's a place for both. Um, you know, for more muscular things, the magnesium flakes are helpful. But, uh, but for metabolism, I'm not sure they're as helpful as taking it internally. Um, okay. So not everyone absorbs magnesium well. So mag-3 and 8 and glycinate are really much more absorbable and malleate. So those three... And usually you'll see glycinate and malate in a single kind of magnesium together. And then that three and eight is usually by itself too. But max citrate, which is what the calm supplement is a lot of people take, that doesn't really absorb so much and doesn't do so much for a lot of that stuff. Um, so that's, that's, those are like three tips that I can give you that are, you know, very inexpensive <laughs> that can go a long way. But for a lot of people without the test, it's kind of hard. And some of the tests are covered by insurance. I would say, you know, thyroid testing with the right diagnosis is mostly covered. Even the adrenal tests might be covered. Um, if you have the right risk factors, insulin level might be covered. So there's things that are covered. But, uh, but yeah, to get the really sophisticated testing does take a little bit of money. But, you know, it's once in a lifetime. And, you know, when you consider the fact that, like, if you get admitted overnight to a hospital for a cardiac cath and you get a stent, it's over $100,000. Yeah. A few hundred spent on your health ahead of time to keep things, you know, in a good place is probably not so bad. But Yeah, just knowledge, right? Knowledge is power and kind of knowing yeah. where you're at and all these different factors. I think it's invaluable. Absolutely. So how can people stay in touch with you? How do we find, I know you said you give some great information on your Instagram. What's your Insta and you're a rock star on Clubhouse. That's how I found you. So let's talk about where we can hang out with you, Dr. Emmy. Absolutely. So on Clubhouse, I'm in the Integrative Medicine Club. On Sunday mornings, I do breathing brunch with my sister, Dr. Atusa. 
who is also the author of Dr. Dessert. So if you're looking for like healthy alternatives to desserts, she's a great person to meet. So that's 10 o'clock. Your real sister? She's my real sister. Oh my God. Both <laughs> sisters are like doctors who specialize in nutrition and functional yeah. medicine. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, we come from a long line. So our ancestors were all physicians uh, back in the day. So we come from thousands of years of, you know, back then everyone was a holistic doctor, I guess. So, because there wasn't a lot of medication. So, okay, yeah. so Sunday brunch with the Sunday brunch, yeah. functional medicine sisters. Awesome. Yep. And yeah, that? and sometimes Dr. Shadi, who's our sister who's a dermatologist, also joins that one. So that's 10 a.m. And they're all yeah. MDs. All MDs, yep. That is incredible. So, yeah. So 10 p.m. Pacific and 1 Eastern on that breathing brunch. And then our nutrigenomics room is at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 and 1. Mm-hmm. Okay. Breathing brunch. So it's brunch time. And that's usually brief. It's like 30 minutes. But we go through a lot of techniques that help, for instance, with hormone balance and with anxiety and things like that. So that's a great room. And then at 3 on Sundays, the same day, we have the Nutrigenomics Masterclass. Um, and that's where we talk a lot about a lot of these genetic principles. And interestingly, most of that room is a lot of other doctors learning uh, about nutrigenomics, but we do bring it down to a level that most people can get something out of it. Um, so, you know, if you're really interested in that genetic piece, that's a great place to go. And then on Monday nights in the Health Network with Dr. Anise Kalef, I uh, host the um, the weight loss room, which you might have happened across. And that's that Mondays. The at- one, yeah. 7 Pacific and 10 Eastern. So, yeah, PM, that one. <laughs> so, yeah, for the Eastern Eastern Seaboard, it's a little rough, but you can always catch it on replays. And, you know, if you come to the early part of the room, maybe you can DM us your, your questions and stuff and then listen to the replays if you're on the Eastern Seaboard because I don't want people to miss sleep. And then what, again, is your website where people can learn more about your supplements? So the website is store.dremmy.com. And then at dremmy.com, without the store, is my blog. So you you can learn a little bit more about the different supplements on there. It's store.dremmy.com. And then on Instagram, it's doctor spelled out dot emmy. And each place, the doctor is spelled out. So D-O-C-T-E-O-R dot emmy on Instagram or dremmy, one word, dot com with the doctor spelled out or store.drspell.emi.com for the store. So wow. all three of those places. Yeah. You are very accessible. So if you guys have any questions, we talked about so many cool things about hormones, about weight loss, about metabolism, about genetic factors, like so much. She's got so much information for you. Find her website, find her on Instagram, find her on Clubhouse. Thank you so much, Dr. Emmy, for your time. I will definitely be in another one of your Clubhouse rooms asking questions because you're just such a fountain of knowledge and the topics that I'm really interested in. I want to look forever 21 and be a lean, mean fighting machine for as long as I can. So so That's your awesome. area of expertise is definitely my jam. So everyone who is listening, please take a screenshot, tag me or Dr. Emmy in your story, share this podcast. It's called The Balanced Beautiful Abundant Show. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms. We don't have advertisers. We're just out there to help empower people to be balanced, beautiful, and abundant. So share this podcast with a friend. Tag someone if you're listening on Facebook or Instagram Live. We really love and appreciate our listeners. And if you really, really, really want to rock my world, 
leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean everything to me. So thank you again, Dr. Emmy, for being on the Balanced Beautiful Abundant Show. And I will see you soon. And I'll see all my listeners next week with another amazing expert. Thanks, everyone. I'll be sure to tune in then. Thanks, Rebecca. Great. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them. Please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant. It's